What's going on, everybody? I'm Don Potemri, and lo and behold, welcome back to another episode of Top Shelf. Feels so good to finally be recording again. Uh, I know it's been a really long time since I last recorded um, an episode, but uh, things have just been really busy, but I'm excited to get started back up and Hopefully I can keep on being consistent uh, as the season is about to kick off. Um, the preseason games have already started to kick off and we're approaching the start of the season, um, which is going to be on October 12th. In this episode, we will be reviewing free agency trades and other acquisitions this off season. And then hopefully very soon, if I can get one up before, I know this one's coming up two days before the season starting, but I'm hoping maybe tomorrow I can record my preseason regular season predictions. So my two early regular season predictions. Anyways, let's waste no more time. Cue the music as we hop on right in to another episode of Top Shelf. All right, all right, all right. So we are going to hop into first some free agent signings this past offseason. And this was a hefty free agency, um, not something we normally see. Um, lots of big names moving to lots of new places. Uh, we're going to see a lot of people and lots of teams in different positions, far different positions than last year. And obviously, we also had the Seattle Kraken joining, and they made some moves in free agency too. Um, so let's let's hop right in and look at some. So first we have Blake Coleman, um, formerly of the Tampa Bay Lightning. Obviously, Tampa Bay um, had a, kind of uh, fiddled around with the cap to make all their contracts work, but everyone knew this offseason they were going to lose a lot of players, and one of them is uh, Blake Coleman. He signed with the Flames for $4.9 million at six years. Um, so he had 31 points with Tampa. He's not bad. He can play anywhere. He's probably mainly going to be your penalty killing guy. He can play wing or center. Um, I'm not so sure how much I like the term of the six years. I think 4.9 is pretty reasonable for Blake Coleman. He can easily be a second line center or winger if you need him to be. Um, I think he fits better in the center position. I don't think 4.9 is bad. I'd probably value him around 4.5, but um, six years just seems like a lot to me. He's 29. That'll take him to 35. If he can keep this consistent, then that won't be a bad contract. Overall, pretty good for the Flames. Um, losing Sam Bennett, going to need another guy down the middle. Um, obviously, there's been some trouble with Sean Monahan as well. Um, they do have Elias Lindholm also down the center. But overall, I, I don't think this is that bad of a contract. Pretty good uh, for Blake Coleman and Flames. Um, next, we move on to Frederick Anderson. Now, um, Frederick Anderson didn't really play a lot. He got injured. Jack Campbell kind of took over for him. He signed with the Hurricanes at two years at 4.5, which is a very good contract, I guess, for Frederick Anderson, who was a top 10 goalie at one point in the league. Last season, he was 13-8 and eight and put up 0.896 and a 2.96 goals against. Not very good um, for his standards or for really any standards being below 900 on the save percentage. Um, but I don't I don't think this is a bad contract because you're not really risking much. Two years, 4.5 for someone who used to be a really good goaltender. 
I don't think is that bad. Um, and we'll move on because uh, so Peter Morazic, uh, the former Hurricanes goalie, signed with the Leafs. So they kind of like swapped goalies. Uh, the Leafs signed Morazic to three years at 3.8. Uh, last year, he went out with a thumb injury, but he was 6-2-3 and three with a 0.923 and a 2.06 goals against. Um, obviously, much better statistics. Um, Morazic probably had the better season. He's probably been the better goalie as of lately. Um, and I think this is a very good signing for the Leafs. Um, they still do have Jack Campbell there. So, uh, kind of probably going to be splitting games until they see who can step up and become the number one goaltender there. Um, but just going back with the, the hurricanes, actually, we're, we, we, we talked about Nadelkovich, uh, getting shipped off to Detroit, um, and they brought in Frederick Anderson, which I, I, he's a good replacement. We'll see if he can come back to his usual self being a pretty elite goaltender, but I still don't agree with losing the Delkovich. Um, but overall for the Canes, I think it's a solid signing and Leafs solid signing as well. Nothing, nothing too risky about these contracts. So next we have David Savard. Um, also who was on the Tampa Bay Lightning. He played part of the season with the Blue Jackets as well. They did that trade at the trade deadline where they, you know, double retained his salary so he could make it. So he was a minus 27 on the season, but was also a minus eight with the Lightning. So that kind of makes you think like, that's not really good for a defenseman. You would want them to be positive. Um, but anyways, he signed with the Canadians four years at 3.5. Uh, I do think that David Savard is better than that minus 27 and minus eight actually show to you. Someone's got to be on the minus, especially for the lightning who are stacked. Um, he only puts up, put up six points, but that's, that's not why you get David Savard um, more, more of a defensive guy. And obviously the Canadians are going to be without Shea Weber this year. Um, so you could see David Savard stepping up and kind of, logging some more of those minutes and on i thought that david savard might have got signed to 4.5 especially with how this d market has been i thought maybe we were going to see david savard get 4.5 maybe even 5 million so i think four years at 3.5 is a very solid contract and it's something that the canadians could move on for um if maybe next year they run into issues with bringing shea weber back because he's on ltir right now so now we're going to move on into the Kraken and some signings that they managed to make. So they got Alex Wenberg from the Florida Panthers um, from free agency at three years, 4.5. Um, he had 17 goals, 12 assists for 29 points, which isn't that bad. Um, he played about 50 games or so. Um, he, if he stays healthy, he could easily give you 60 points. It's looking like Wenberg might be their number one center. Um, it's going to be him or Yanni Gord. I think Wenberg could be one of those guys, you know, like a William Carlson who got drafted um, to the Vegas Gold Knights. I think Wenberg could be that number one guy that breaks out for them. Um, next, we have Philip Grubauer. This was one of the biggest shocks. Um, Colorado getting beat out for him. Six years at 5.9 to the Kraken. He was 39 and one, a 0.922 save percentage, and a 1.95 goals against. Probably Grubauer's best season. Um, he was a Vesna candidate, uh, lost out to Marc Andre Fleury. Um, but without a doubt, Grubauer's best season. Um, now there's like, 
can Grubauer keep it up? How much of it was the Colorado Avalanche helping him out in them defensively? Well, I guess we're going to figure that out. Um, but if if this is a contract for Grubauer who can maintain anywhere around those numbers, he's phenomenal. And that'll be a great contract for them. Can Grubauer keep it up? I'm not so sure. I think Grubauer will be like a top 15 goalie. And I honestly don't think paying someone 5.9 is that bad. Um, maybe six years might be a little bit too much, but other than that, I think a pretty good contract. And the one that I love the most is this one is Jaden Schwartz, um, five years at 5.5 to the Kraken. Um, he put up eight goals, 13 assists for 21 points in 40 games. Um, that's only like, so if that was in a regular season, he'd get 42, but Jaden Schwartz was probably limited ice time with the St. Louis blues and, I think Schwartz is going to be another one of those guys that's going to break out on this Kraken team. He's going to be playing top line ice time for them. Um, and I think he's just a really, really solid player. I'm expecting him probably to put up around 65, 68 points this season. Um, but I think he's going to have a breakout year. And the next one we're going to move on to is Tony D'Angelo. Now, um, if you don't remember last year, D'Angelo ran into a bit of an incident with the New York Rangers. Um, he had an altercation with teammates and was kind of bad locker room chemistry there. And the Rangers put him on waivers. No one claimed him. Um, now, one year at $1 million, you're not risking anything here. Um, the only questionable thing is, like, how is he going to affect the locker room now? I I say it was his first time kind of sort of there was rumors there was other stuff but first time coming public and now he knows so he's got like zero strikes like like that's it if he does something he's gone and he probably won't get signed to another team um but this is his second chance um I, I think he deserves a second chance to prove himself um but I, I still question some of the Hurricanes moves in this offseason. Um, Tony D'Angelo is basically trying to become their replacement for Dougie Hamilton. But again, no risk, nothing at all. So it's it's OK for the Canes. It's just a matter of how it's going to affect their locker room. So next we have one of the bigger signings in this offseason, and that is Zach Hyman. Now, Zach Hyman, formerly of the Toronto Maple Leafs, has moved on and joined the Oilers at seven years at 5.5. Um, last year, he put up 15 goals, 18 assists for 33 points with the Maple Leafs. Zach Hyman, a tremendous player. He can pretty much do everything you want. He's a very good two-way forward. Uh, it's looking like he's going to be playing alongside of Connor McDavid. That looks to be the play at the moment. There's rumors of maybe a trade and sign, but ultimately he just went through in free agency. Um, but yeah, it's looking like it might be Zach Hyman, Connor McDavid, and Jesse Puglia Harvey on the line, which could be a very solid line. Um, Puglia Harvey can bury the puck. You got Hyman who can back check. Um, we know Connor McDavid's not the most two way player and doesn't really show uh, much on the defensive side. So having a Hyman on his line to kind of help out will be very useful. Um, I, I think Hyman's going to fit in very well with the Oilers. And that's what they needed. They needed another top line guy to help out Connor. Next, we have Nick Foligno signing with the Boston Bruins for two years at 3.8. 
Uh, he put up seven goals, 13 assists uh, for 20 points. He was traded to the Leafs around the trade deadline. They gave up a first rounder for him only to get knocked out in the first round and then lose him to free agency. So kind of a waste of a first round pick for the Maple Leafs. But anyways, and uh, we can talk about how bad the Maple Leafs are all the time. Um, but Nick Foligno for 3.8, it might be a bit steep for Nick Foligno, maybe more of like a 3 million, 2.5 type of guy. Um, two years isn't a lot. And the Bruins needed another gritty guy. Uh, they don't really have a lot of grit on their team at the moment. They lost Nick Ritchie, a big guy, and their defensemen, none of them are really like big fighters. The only player they have is Trent Frederick at the moment, who's battling to make lineup. And Nick Felino brings a huge amount of presence and veteran presence and great captaincy. He was the captain of the Columbus Blue Jackets. Um, so really building that veteran team as the Bruins are looking in that two-year window is kind of what they've got left to try and win the cup. I think it's a solid signing, probably a bit of an overpay, but I, I think it will be good for the Bruins. Next, we have Mike Hoffman, who was signed to the Montreal Canadiens for three years at 4.5. Last year, he was trying to find a team. He eventually signed with the Blues. He put up 17 goals, 19 assists, and 36 points. Um yeah, I think 4.5 is pretty good for Mike Hoffman. I mean, they lost Thomas Tatar. He'll fit in straight up as a replacement. Um, we still have Tyler Toffoli fit in there, and I think Mike Hoffman's going to be great. He can play on the power play for you, a very good sniper. Um, he's just going to play in probably in the middle six there, either second or third line ice time, get some power play time. And I don't think it's a bad contract at all. 4.5 for Mike Hoffman I think is very good. Um, so yeah, Canadians just building up their team. And next we have is Dougie Hamilton. Now this was the biggest signing of the free agency. He goes to the devils at seven years, $9 million, making him one of the highest paid defensemen, um, fully deserves it. Uh, for some reason, I don't know if this is the case or just how I'm looking at things. I still think Dougie Hamilton might be a bit underrated. Um, do I think he deserves nine million? Mm, I'm not. I'm not certain. Um, I'd feel more comfortable at eight point five. Obviously, it's five hundred k difference, but I'd still feel more comfortable at that. And I'm kind of surprised that more teams weren't in on Dougie Hamilton. And I'm even more surprised that the Hurricanes let Dougie Hamilton walk. Um, like the the Hurricanes had been building up and building up their team. Um, having so much depth at defense and having a tremendous top two lines, um, top two forward lines there. And then you're going to let probably he's your best defenseman and definitely a top three player on your team. And you're just going to let him walk and not even pay him. And it's how this team used their cap space. That really makes me question what type of moves the hurricanes were making, letting him walk, but nevertheless going to the devils who, the Devils have been slowly building up their team, and I'm liking how the Seattle team is looking. Um, but yeah, I, Hamilton's going to slot in at that number one spot on the team. And also, um, the Devils also acquired Ryan Graves, who is going to probably slot in right next to Dougie Hamilton. And I think that will be a great, like a nice stay at home defenseman in Hamilton. 
he can play defense as well, but he loves to kind of push it up the ice. Um, and that's your number one power play guy. He's going to be your power play quarterback on the first unit. Um, phenomenal signing for the Devils. I really like that. Next, we have Linus Olmark, who went to the Boston Bruins for four years at $5 million. Uh, now, Linus Olmark, formerly of the Buffalo Sabres, he actually put up pretty good numbers, 9-6-3 with a .917 save percentage and 2.63 goals against. Um, he unfortunately suffered a lower body injury during last year, and that's why um, that's that's why he didn't finish up the season. Um, but with the Sabres, those were pretty good numbers considering how bad the Buffalo Sabres were last year. Now, you would think with this that Linus Olmark is going to be the Bruins' number one goalie. Um, they've had Jeremy Swayman, the who's going to be a rookie this year, played a couple games last year. Um, and th- people thought maybe Swayman would be being handed the number one job. Obviously, there's also Tuka Rask, um, who is injured and getting surgery and is out till February. And uh, there's rumors he might sign back with the team if they want him. I think it's all going to depend on how Olmark and Swayman are playing. Um, I think Olmark's a very solid goalie but I don't think he will be what Rask is. And I think Bruins fans are going to realize uh, just how good Rask was, but I think Olmark and Swayman splitting uh, shifts will be good. But I, I question if maybe the Bruins didn't have confidence in Swayman because Olmark is signed to four years here. Um, I don't really know what to make of this. I get, I, it's something we got to wait out and see. And the final free agent signing that I'm going to be discussing is Corey Perry. Now, Corey Perry was on the Montreal Canadiens. He was one of those veteran, like, 750K type of guys who signed. Um, Went all the way to the Stanley Cup and lost to the Tampa Bay Lightning, who won back-to-back. And he joined the Tampa Bay Lightning now at two years for $1 million. This is just kind of what the Lightning have been doing in the past couple of years. Everyone wants to go play for them. They're going to sign the veteran minimum. Um, He got a little more. He got a million, about 250K more. He put up nine goals, 12 assists, and 21 points. Corey Perry is probably going to play on the third, fourth line, might get scratched a couple games. But, I mean, having a guy who can score like him and just a guy who knows how to get it done, um, only going to help improve this Tampa Bay team. So that's it for the free agent signings. So now we're going to go into a very interesting theme from this offseason, and that was RFAs. Now, um, RFAs are restricted free agents, and um, basically how that works is if you don't know, if a team qualifies a player as a restricted free agency, they still hold the rights to that player, and uh, another team can come in and try and sign them, but depending on how much they offer that player is how much, if that player accepts it, the team has about a week to match that offer. But if they don't match that offer, depending on how much their average salary is, that's how much compensation and picks they get. Um, so like, uh, I'm trying to think off the top of my head, like if you sign someone for like, I'm just gonna give an example, like $8.1 million or something or more, then you have to give up like your two first you have to give up two first rounders and a second and a third or something along those lines we're going we actually have one which is quite rare to have someone who is offer sheeted and then not matched um but yeah that's basically how our rfas work um unlike unrestricted free agents who can go and sign for any team 
their rights are still within that team. So first we have one unsigned RFA so far, and that's Brady Kachuk of the Ottawa Senators. Um, it was rumored he was going to get $8 million a year for eight years. Um, the problem right now seems to be the signing bonus. And it also seems like there's a miscommunication between the Senators and Kachuk's team. Um, he put up 17 goals, 19 assists for 36 points. He is probably their best player at the moment, and he is unsigned. And it seems like the Senators are unwilling to go short term or do a bridge dirt deal, like a two or three year deal. They want to go eight years with Brady Kachuk, and rightfully so. But it seems like that there's been a lot of miscommunication. And it's not like the Senators are like in the, anywhere near the, the top of the cap. In fact, I think they're about a million under cap right now. Um, but we know that the Iowa organization has been quite stingy with money. Um, but that's the deal that the Senators have to try and get done soon. Next, we move on to the Canucks, who didn't have two of their best players signed for the longest time, but have finally get the, got them done. And I think these are some pretty good deals. So first, we have Quinn Hughes. Um, six years at 7.85. Uh, last year, he put up three goals, 38 assists for 41 points. Um, the question with Hughes recently has been his defense. Uh, how good defensively can he be right now? He is a defensive liability for the team. Offense, you know it's there. Uh, six years um, at 7.85 with some of these other guys getting $9 million. Um, He was obviously right there with Kale McCarr in the Calder race. Um, two years ago now, we've seen Kale McCarr really taken off and probably a top two, three, definitely top three defensemen in the league. Um, but can Quinn Hughes get it done? I think he can. I think this deal will ultimately work out for the Canucks. And next we have is Elias Pettersson. Um, this is without a doubt the Canucks best player in my opinion. They signed him to a bridge deal three years at 7.35. Um, I think that's a really good deal for the Canucks. Um, I was expecting Pedersen, if he was to get a bridge deal, to be somewhere closer to $8 million. He put up 10 goals, 11 assists, and 21 points in 26 games. He uh, unfortunately went down with a wrist injury early in the season. Um, Pedersen's your number one center. He He's going to be like power play, penalty kill, all the number one ice times you got there. Um, so, yeah, I think, I think that's... I, I think that's a great contract for Pedersen. Um, he'll probably, when his deal's up, depending on what the cap is, if they want to sign him long term, it's probably going to be like seven or eight years at 10 and a half, maybe 11. We have to see how he ends up, but I think it's a good deal for both parties. So next we have Kirill Kaprizov, the former Calder winner from last season, 27 goals, 24 points for 51, or excuse me, 27 goals, 24 assists for 51 points. Um, he was rumored to be saying he was going to hold out and go back to the KHL. And then afterwards he was like, I was never going to do that, which we all kind of assumed. And maybe he was pulling some leverage, but he got signed to five years at $9 million. Now you have to remember Kaprizov is older than normal rookies. I believe he's 24. So this is going to take him up to around 31, kind of similar to a Panarin, um, but yeah, $9 million. I don't think like you might hear $9 million and be like, oh boy, that is a lot of money. But you have to remember Kaprizov completely changed around this Minnesota team. They looked like a whole new team. He was their number one player without a doubt. And 
$9 million for your top player isn't a bad thing. And if Caprizo can continue with this production, he put up 51 points last year, meaning like this year, he'll probably, if he continues at that pace, he'll probably be around point per game, putting up like 80 points in the season, which would be great. If, if he can even improve upon that, that would be great. Him playing with um, Joel Erickson Eck, they had such a great connection. I think this is a good contract. I really like this contract. And so next we move on to the RFA who got offered. She did. And that was Jesper Kokanyemi. So he was offered a one year, $6.1 million deal from the hurricanes. Now, Jesper Kokanyemi is a former third overall pick. Um, he was a part of the Montreal Canadians. And if you don't know the history around this, so basically when Sebastian Ajo of the hurricanes was a restricted free agent. The Canadians tried to offer Sheedham. Obviously, the Hurricanes ended up matching that. So in this deal, Jesper Kakanyemi was offer sheeted, and alongside it was a $20 signing bonus. Um, now, if you don't know, Sebastian Ajo's number is 20, and so it was kind of rumored like they were trying to get back at the Canadians, um, offering him that $20 signing bonus. And... They did ultimately sign him, and this was like a frenzy all over Twitter, all the, all of that stuff, and kind of them trying to get revenge. But I don't know what the Hurricanes were thinking. Now, don't get me wrong, Jesper Kakanyemi can still be a great player. People are calling him a bust and all of that. He's 21 years old. Um, he's still got plenty of time to try and prove himself. Heck, Kaprizov is 24. He's got three years to potentially get up to that level. Um, the problem I have with this is that you spent 6.1 on Kakanyemi, um, and you couldn't use like $3 million just to sign your goaltender, Nedeljkovic. They said that he was asking for too much, but you're offering Kakanyemi twice as much. And then Dougie Hamilton, who went for $9 million, I'm sure Hamilton would have been willing to work out terms with the Hurricanes, maybe sign at 8.5, maybe 8 million. That's $2 million more than Kokanyemi. And he is a top 10 defenseman in the league. And Kokanyemi is maybe a third line center right now. Um, I think the Hurricanes took a big step back. They've been growing, growing, growing. And I think they took a little step back this year. Um, so since it was successful, the uh, they had to give up a first and a third from this year. Um, for Kokanyemi, which I'm I'm not sure if that's worth it, but um, ultimately I think I think it's okay. I think it's okay, but I don't like it still. So yeah, that's that's where that is. Um, but there's many other moves that went down. But let's finish out with some trades. So first of all, is the most disrespectful trade ever, and that's Mark Andre Fleury to the Chicago Blackhawks. For Mikel Hakarainen. Now, you might be thinking, who is this kid, Mikhail Hakarainen? He must be some type of stud. Well, you would be wrong. Uh, he's a 23-year-old former fifth-round pick who basically just plays in the AHL. This was complete dis disrespect to Marc-Andre Fleury, who was the Vesna-winning goalie. That is for the best goalie in the entire NHL, and he gets traded for an AHLer. The the Vegas Golden Knights basically said they want to go with Robin Lehner and just discarded Flurry's contract. 
and we're just trying to get it off their books. Um, great pickup for the Chicago Blackhawks. I mean, you barely gave up anything. I'm sure anyone would have been willing to do that trade, but it's the way the Vegas Golden Knights did it. There was no communication with Flurry about this trade potentially happening or that it even happened. In fact, Flurry had to find out from his agent who found out on Twitter. His agent found out on Twitter. Mark Andre Flurry doesn't look at social media all that much. I don't think he has a Twitter and had to find out through his agent from Twitter. Like that's just complete disrespect to a phenomenal Hall of Famer. Next, we have the Blackhawks also acquiring Tyler Johnson for and, and a second round pick for Brent Seabrook. Now, Seabrook is retired, so this is just his rights in remaining mount on his contract, which isn't going to count against the Tampa Bay Lightning. But the Blackhawks are taking on three years at $5 million for Tyler Johnson from Tampa, who once again needed to clear some space. And also getting a second rounder. I think this is pretty good value for the Blackhawks. Tyler Johnson at one point was a very solid center. Um, he might end up playing third line ice time for them, could bump up to second line, kind of depending on what happens. He can also play on the wing. Um, I think this is a good second chance for Tyler Johnson. Um, no pressure on him anymore about his contract and how it was kind of a bad signing in the end. Um, but I think this is good for both parties. Obviously, Tampa Bay gets to offload another contract to clear up some space. And Blackhawks, who've got some cap space, can now bring in Tyler Johnson, and hopefully he can prove himself. Uh, next we have is Dadanov. Evgeny Dadanov was traded to the Golden Knights in exchange for Nick Holden in a third. Now, this is obviously the Golden Knights just adding to their depth. Evgeny Dadanov, who signed into Ottawa last season. Um, I said Dadanov was a great signing. I really like how he plays, and I think he's going to fit in very well on this Golden Knights team. Obviously, they have made moves like this before, like Paxioretti. Um, the Golden Knights aren't getting any younger. In fact, they've just been going for it since they came into the league, and they they just got to keep pushing and pushing and hope that they hit it. Um, I like this move for them, and I think it's good for the Senators because I think Dadanov, who's 32 now, I believe, um, he's not going to be a part of your future um, you get Nick Holden, who's a pretty solid defenseman and a third round pick that you can use. Um, so finally, we have Christian Dvorak, who was traded from the Arizona Coyotes to the Montreal Canadiens. Now the Canadians needed another center to pick up, and they did that just with Christian Dvorak. Um, they gave up a first round pick and a second round pick. So how you can kind of look at this is, they basically gave up Kokanyemi in a second in exchange for Dvorak and a third, which I think is pretty good for the Montreal Canadiens. And Christian Dvorak is a very solid player. Um, there was rumors he was trying to get traded to Arizona, who's just like bailing ship and sending everyone everywhere and picking up draft picks and everything. Like, I don't even know how many picks the Arizona Coyotes have now, but it's just crazy. Um, yeah, they just have everything. Um, they're going to be just building from the bottom up. The only player is still there is Jacob Ch Chikorin and uh, Clayton Keller. Um, it looks like they're going full on rebuild. And honestly, they might be moving soon. There's rumors that uh, they're not going to be able to stay in uh, Arizona anymore. They're trying to work out deals. Rumors they might go to Houston soon. But yeah, so that's where the Coyotes are at that point. 
And that is wrapping up this past off season. Although I do have something here. It literally just came in and popped up on my phone. The New York Rangers are extending Mika Zibanejad. I think this is the first time I've ever done breaking news on my podcast. The Rangers are extend- extending Mika Zibanejad to an eight-year contract. They are signing him to eight years at $8 million, it looks like. Um, so, yeah, it looks like they're setting up Mika Zibanejad to be their number one center, which might take them out of the Jack Eichel sweepstakes. Um That is also another thing. Jack Eichel finally might be on the move soon as they have released his medical files. um, And some teams are willing to let him get the surgery. Um, But yeah, eight. Oh, it looks like it's eight and a half million is what it's going to be at eight years. That's going to take him to about 36 years old. And he's going to be their number one center and he's got to prove it now. So that's going to do it for this episode of Top Shelf. Thank you all so much for listening as we reviewed this year's past free agency. And I'm so happy to be back. And stay tuned because soon I will be releasing my regular season predictions. Follow me here on Spotify so you'll see when any new episodes come up. And I'll catch you all next time for another episode of Top Shelf. Top Shelf.